Welcome to an official Apple podcast presented by the Westport Library. Oh, brother, not another podcast with me, Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And today we have with us Blanca Blanco, uh, an actress, model, author uh, with a graduate degree in psychology and social work. And she has a, a new book that came out a few months ago or a couple months this month, right? This month. Um, called Breaking the Mold, which talks about her struggle through many, through poverty, racism, abuse, bullying, and lots of other things to her success as an actress and her current career, right? Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on your show. It's such an honor. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Do you want to briefly go through sort of the essence of what your book's about? Yes. Yeah. So um, I wrote my book during the lockdown and I just thought it was the right time to release a book like that because it covered many areas like that are happening right now that are getting actually worse with the pandemic. And I just thought we need more stories of hope. My book covers about, you know, the experience that I had as a child with poverty, abuse, bullying, discrimination, and also just how I use my experiences, my traumatic experiences to, to develop skills and then it leading to success, which uh, which is what I talk about, and I share tools that work for me. So it is not just a book about you know information, but it also has techniques and strategies that I was able to apply and help me. How many? You have some si brothers and sisters as well. Yeah, we're seven. Well, we're five kids and seven total with my parents. It and what do you, did they come out of this? I'm just curious. You obviously have a very special spirit or whatever, you know, brought you out of this, but were they able, to, were your siblings able to do what you did in any way? Yes, um, my, my siblings, they were all able to go to college and they, they got a degree and they have very successful jobs as well. Oh. Mm -hmm. So definitely it was, you know, it was definitely a lot of, um, we had to work harder because hmm. when being an immigrant family and then not having the resources and you're applying to go to college, the only way at the moment that you think it's through scholarships. So that means that you gotta have good grades, gotta have the strong letter of intent, have great, um, relationship in your community because when you apply for scholarships all that matters right so i i think i read that so part of what you went through is uh, abuse at home what, what was that about yes my my father he was abusive at times not every time but he was definitely he used techniques that are not proper here like he will use a belt or a whip in Mexico, and as we, we came to the U.S., he didn't. He, he did it a few times, but also he he knew that here, you know, he would get arrested. So um, definitely, I had to, you know, you know, go through that and also voice my opinion because he had a very strict um, views on the you know genders, you know, female and men. 
So I had to, like, I wanted to do sports and that was not appropriate for girls. And I'm like, well, if my brother's doing it, why I can't? <laughs> so then I would stay and actually, you know, do sports. I was a runner. I was also in volleyball. And so I had to fight for everything I wanted, you know, just simple things that are not really, you know, at least I was a child that wanted to do something productive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I definitely had to navigate that. And, and I talk in my book about that also, how I was able to not allow that to affect me in my long term. I work to prepare myself mentally so I have less effect of the stressor, of the abuse. And I, knowing that it's not nothing, there's nothing wrong with me. It's I'm, I'm just something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's hard for a child to, yeah. you know, most children. I mean, it's all about the, the world is around them and it must be my fault and I'm a bad person. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, if I had suffered any one of these things, I probably would have just given up and crawled away i mean i what what do you, what do you think gave you the fight to to you know many people would have given up and just just you know been on the street or something. yeah been on the street you know whatever yeah i i understand your question because many people ask that they're like how did you guys turn out to be normal turn out to be like we we were not you know, we didn't come out alcoholics or drug addicts or nothing that is not, um, that it, you know, the wrong direction in life. Instead, uh, we were, we changed our life. For me, I, it was my determination to change my life. Uh, I knew that it was up to me and I couldn't, I didn't want to have that life. I didn't want to live in poverty forever. I didn't want to be, experiencing you know abuse but it was up to me to change everything you know you change your my environment was not going to change my my life I was going to change it that's so it was my my drive Uh, and that's what I share in breaking the mold how my drive was very you know fearless like I'm I knew that I wanted something I had, I would see my dreams in the future. Like I could see it, like what I wanted so bad, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew that I just had to stay focused. And so I, I didn't want to be part of the same circle, like same cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I changed that. Did you have to earn the money to go to college? Oh, yes. Uh, I started working when I was 13. I work at a hotel. And, you know, I know that 13 is very young here, but that saved my life. I didn't have to be home and be with an abusive father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank God for the the manager that hired me and my friend in the summers, because, yeah, I know that it's not right. You know, and I know that it's not proper like to hire someone that young, but but when you look at individual cases, you get to see like, you know, poor kid, like that was like her outlet, you know? So I'm definitely not saying that because, you know, to get anyone in trouble, um, instead to thank them, you know, like for yeah. someone to look at it in different cases. But um, yeah, I started working very young and I, w- I would help my family. I had a loving mother. She was 
very loving and I think that's what kept me she always supported my this my ideas you know even if they were they were so big you know like I would have some big dreams and sometimes when you live in a car garage I, we lived for two years in a car garage with no water no electricity we had ice on the walls ice on the walls I had to wear coats and gloves so I would so I could be warmer and um we didn't have a you know shower hookup or nothing it was just definitely like living in an igloo and um we lived like that for two years in I slept my sisters and I slept on a broken couch and that was our bed and so I remember every night going to sleep and you could see your breath you know because of all the the you know being inside so so I remember I would tell people like, yeah, I'm, I want to be an actress when I'm, I'm going to go to Hollywood. And then they would just make fun of you. Like, oh, sure. Like crazy. So I had, <laughs> you know, they would be like, I had teachers say, well, OK, well, that's nice. But let's talk about something more realistic. You know, what is it that you know, your skills are? What, what are we going to do? You know, and I was like, OK, so I kind of learned that not to say a lot of my big goals because people get scared, they're uncomfortable. And then I just didn't want to come across like cuckoo, you know, like, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So now, you know, coming to to L.A., it was I came after I finished my degree degrees. Yeah. And did you I'm just curious was wanting to be an actress, was that a, f a fantasy you created, just a fantasy life so you could escape, you know, your reality? Or did you really think you wanted to be a working actress? You know, sometimes, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely it was, a, um, acting was an outlet. I was able to be in someone else's life for a brief moment. But also I just felt like I was alive when I did characters, when I was, I just had that, passion and you know the spark and it just didn't feel like a job it just felt like a hobby you know like well I mean like it just felt like it would be a fun hobby forever you know so I wanted to keep you know feeling that so you know I throughout the years I would do acting just at school or in the community or short films when I was in college and it just kept building like it was definitely like the spark was there and I knew that was for me so you did uh while in college did you do some belong to the theater group uh oh, that yeah. come after yeah when I was in college I took classes that were theater classes and then just acting classes mm -hmm. I did some short films and and I just knew I wanted to be on set. I wanted to, you know, be in that life, you know, like that was for me. Like it just gave me so much excitement. Right. You did, didn't you do a short film about um, children and immigration, uh, something in that sense? Oh, yeah. That was like a long time ago. Yeah. I, I did it. It was like a, it was about immigration and children, but it was one of my first projects. And, and it was just, I just felt I wanted to target like the issues that I went through with my, as an immigrant family, you know, we have the language and cultural barriers, but even though we had that, we were able to, to take steps so we can function in, in our new environment. 
and also to integrate into the new culture, but not to lose your identity, because then that creates low self-esteem. You don't know who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we definitely, you know, I know I began learning English when I was in Washington, and I was definitely not very good in the beginning, so I will get bullied about that. But, you know, I still kept working at it. And I just wanted to share my mom. She eventually, you know, went to college to learn English and she got her citizenship and she sent me her ID card. She got that when she was older. So, you know, people, it was like the time that she did it after she raised all her kids and after she, you know, was able to have the opportunity to go to college so people you know when you hear stories about like people immigrants are not trying hard they are they're just trying to survive oh yeah when it's the right opportunity people take it like that's what that's what happened to my parents and so my mom she became a citizen and and she was very proud of it so your mom passed away recently, right? From, uh, is, is that from COVID? Was that what no, I know? It was not from COVID, but definitely I I went through a lot of challenges because of COVID in the hospital. Mm. So my mom, she had a um, heart failure and kidney failure. Oh. And it was um, very difficult because it was out of nowhere. She's terminal. So I went and I flew and I, and I shared that in my book, my, the whole process of getting the call to helping my mom from in the hospital and how I was able to be her advocate because she was going through a lot of challenges there. And then talking to my family about hospice because I had hospice experience for four years, I did that. And so it was def- definitely being on the opposite side where normally I would be the you know, the one helping my patients. Now I was the one dealing with that. And it just, um, it helped the experience that I did with hospice work, but it was definitely the deepest level of pain you can ever experience. Yeah. So, but I shared also what helped me um, to get by, like to help me get through it because you gotta like, you know, start doing your work also, you know, you, you have to, you know, you have to go, you know, grief is, is a process for sure. So I shared about grief. You also said you were, while you were a hospice worker, um, you were still, you were working in as an actress at the same time. And, you know, people view Hollywood, you know, as kind of a superficial, I mean, people are talented. There's talent obviously there, but the whole glit, glitter and everything of Hollywood. And was that difficult to go from, life and death situations and then go to an acting job where you're, I don't know, you might've been playing, I don't know what, what kind of roles, you know, were you going back and forth? Well, it definitely, that's exactly what I went through because when I, when I moved to LA, I realized I needed to get a, like a real, like a job until I can get my acting consistent. So, you know, people come to LA and they're, they either do waitressing or waiters or or any type of job because at the same time you gotta pay for your classes you gotta pay for your workshops for your headshots everything so i decided to do use my degree so i did hospice work and it was very hard because i would go from talking to a family about giving the the news to the patient and the family and very emotional nobody wants to hear your your 
you know, parent is dying or your sibling or your mom. And then I will go from there to my addition or to, you know, the set. And definitely it put things in perspective of what is important to me because it is very, I can tell you in the beginning, I had issues with a lot of the, you know, how superficial the industry was. I felt I didn't belong here. But then I thought, well, I never really, you know, care about fitting in and fitting in, you know, I always wanted to create my own, um, be my own leader, you know, so I'm gonna put up with all these superficial people and put them on the side, you know, (laughs) I don't know, you know, I just, with time you start meeting quality people, people that are close to your core and also your, you know, values and beliefs. So then you, you're able to, to meet the right people, but it take, it took years for, to get to that point. And so, so yeah, it was, but it, I grew from that experience because I began to not stress about if I don't book a job, mm-hmm. if, if I don't book something, you know, at least I'm comfortable that I'm not, I'm breathing with no pain. Mm. I'm walking and I'm not falling down. Like, you know, I would think of stuff like that where I'm just like, you know, like I'm lucky I don't have a diagnosis. Like, really? I should, yeah, I didn't get this thing, but who cares? You know, like I am alive. So definitely like it it made my life even more. I'm able to relax more because I'm like, there are other things that could happen that are worse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen uh, our mother was in hospice for a while. Well, she was in and out. She'd be in hospice and they said, oh, she's okay. She can go home now. And then then back in hospice. I don't know how many times, Trace, like five times she was in and out. Yeah. And, and I felt, and the hospice people were so wonderful, but I thought about their, the kind of day that they would have. They never knew if they were going to see their person again, their patient again, and they go off and they might see three or four people a day. And uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You, you kind of lose hope. When, like when I started doing hospice, I, it was like weird because in the beginning, I, that was a new territory for me you know, the end of life, that's, that's not an area that a lot of people can handle. Mm. I know for me, like the first three months, I was like, I need to leave this job. This is not for me. But I'm also, I I wanted to, you know, when you read a book, when you don't think you like it, but you give yourself a hundred pages until you can stop reading the book or until you can put the book away. (laughs) I did that with hospice. I'm like, okay, I need to try at least a year. I cannot, you know, give up because it's hard. Uh, it's not hard it's just emotionally hard and and so also I thought I need, obviously I need to work on this on um, myself too so so I I try to just work on myself you know like what is it that is making me very uncomfortable but nobody's comfortable with death okay so eventually like you know I ended up doing it for four years but but yeah definitely I I learned a lot from that experience and and why did you pick that hospice yeah. that's a real intense after all you've like, been through all your hardships you yeah well, maybe that strength gave you the strength to deal with but even s- deal with something like that but still why did you choose to do that because that's something i could never do uh, that would uh, just, i you know. know um i, I just well, i just thought it was i have worked in therapy for many years um i have worked with children with babies, with adults, first-time parents, all areas of, you know, mental health, 
I have worked. So I thought this area I haven't worked. So I'm gonna try it because I want to that I can that that's that's important because I'm also not very comfortable with death. I haven't lost family or anything. So I want to understand like the process and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was more for self-discovery, finding, you know, finding more about myself and then at the same time learning new skills. But it was definitely, I mean, everybody for say like my, even my mom, like that's a, that's like a very, because I remember I, you have every day you have, there's no more hope. Everybody's going to pass away. And so I just had to work very hard to know that's not every day in my life, you know, that's just like that type of work that I do. And so, but also when people that I know are di diagnosed with something, I, I immediately didn't go to the worst case scenario, you know, because I'm very like, if they tell me the medical part and I work directly with the direct, uh, the doctors and, and all then I am more like, I wish I, just, I could be in this little fantasy world where, oh, that's, that's not bad. But I always go like, oh, no, that, that's, that's a red flag. You know, that's not good. So in a way, I just, you know, made me more aware. And I just, sometimes I just wish I was not really aware of it. So I could just like, like when I was dealing with my mom and they were telling me like, oh, this is, these are the, this is what's going on. And I already knew she was going to go on hospice, but I didn't tell them, you know, like, I don't want to be negative, you know, but I didn't yeah. feelings like, look, it, it's getting to the, you know, that's what is going to happen. I just pretty much just allow the, you know, the process to go through. And I just, you know, help my, my mom with the, with her wishes. Mm. She knew that she could talk to me about her wishes um, without, you know if she talked to my siblings about it they would be you know like mom you know you're gonna be okay especially my older brother but with me she would be like Blanca I need to take care of this this and that before I go and I'm like okay mom I will take let's I will write things down and I will work on it so then she will be okay so she she felt comfortable knowing that she could I think because of my experience with hospice she she knew that I I knew more information that from my experience, but we never talked about it. Um, but she could ask me for, you know, specific questions about like her funeral and stuff that she couldn't really tell my other siblings. It's almost like you were sent on that path to, to ultimately take care of your mother, you know? I know that that's the same thing that I think because I'm like, you know, that experience prepared me because it, was, it is, I, I knew what to expect the process um as far as like all you know everything that is gonna, we're gonna go through the changes everyday dynamics and i knew like we were gonna have issues with the family you know because when people are on the edge like imagine seven people six people on the edge it's gonna create a lot of um dynamic you know issues and so i knew that we what to expect and so but the emotional part, I also experienced, but I knew that was part of it too. But and you're never prepared though. Like, it's like, wow, like the glue of your family mm. goes, you know, and, and that's something that is no, you know, I guess, you know, that's what grief is, you know, grief, it's like love with nowhere to go. Mm. That's, that's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll just... <laughs> 
cry for a minute. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk about your acting for a little bit? Are you yeah. <laughs> take this off. Can you? Yeah, it's um, definitely. Um, yeah, so we can talk about my acting. So I'm super excited because I'm going to be doing season two of Tales of Tales. And I play Lola. It's like a um, drama, thriller, mm-hmm. and suspense. It takes place like in a nightclub and there's a crime. And my character, she she has information about the person that created the crime, but she's also like afraid of risking her life by saying that so it there's so much suspense and uh, emotions that go through and she helps her family and is a strong female but also she is done been on the wrong you know side with certain people that, that that's what she is where she's at but she's working very hard to change her life and so i just enjoy developing that character is it a feature movie or a TV show? Oh, it's a show. It's on Tubi. Tubi. Tubi oh, yeah, yeah. I've watched stuff on there. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that's um, I'm excited about that. And then also another thing that I'm excited about is um, I won a Best Supporting Actress Award for Betrayed. And I is another. I was the antagonist. That was my first antagonist role. <laughs> were you uh attack you were evil were you evil or just a mean person or what were you yeah i was very um manipulative person and, yeah um also very um like she was strong but also she had a lot of issues <laughs> so developing the character was fun you know because it's like um i like to do character characters that are different for me as far as I like to, on a daily basis, I like to, you know, I, I try to stay calm, do things that, are, that make me, you know, keep me content. Like I, I do my routines in the morning. I like to go to the gym. That's very therapeutic for me. And then just, you know, try to be, you know, as relaxed as much as I can so I can handle when I have life stressors. And so you know when doing my characters I like to do things that are opposite for me because then it's just like okay it's like um new new characters do you have a special way to prepare for a role do you do any what's your your process yeah my process is basically I read the the script over and over many many times and then also I I break everything down like each scene down into like the smallest you know, parts. And then I work on improvising in my house. So like if I'm just before I, I start filming, for example, like, like I prepare, I'm walking around in my, like I brush my hair or blow dry my hair or do anything but improvising where I'm just like in my character's shoes, you know? And so I do that and then just basically do eight hours a day of preparation you know like do the lines then also um, work on the intention my what is my objective of each line of each scene all all this it takes a lot of work and I know that I I know my sister she was like wow I didn't realize it took a lot of work to you know do to do a scene or a movie I'm like well yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, a, I'm, I was a good student at school. Like I was a 4.0 student. 
Um, and I apply the same idea here, but it's not the same thing because you could, you know, prepare and then you can go there and uh, do very good. But um, but still, I go prepared and I am, and I, I bring my best to it. Yeah. Do you have uh, somebody to read lines with? Do you have a family at home? Do you have a read oh, lines? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have people. I yeah. I, I actually, what I do, whatever the scene requires, I have all these people, well, because of Zoom, I've been doing it on Zoom. Mm. So every day I would, I will do rehearse my scenes with my, I have like three or four people that I contact, they're, they're readers for me. So I'm, whenever I need help with creating a scene and that's preparation, that's before I go. So by the time I go to the set, I already done the scenes, but on my own, so now it's time to play with, you know, the real actors, the, the people that are actually in the scene. <laughs> but it's like preparation before. I, I don't know if many people do go do that extra stuff, but I just enjoyed the process. Yeah, every actor has their, their own yeah. process, you know. So tell, tell us a little bit about escaping from the fires in Malibu. Because that sounded like the most terrific... I had a small incident here. Sounds like nothing compared to what you went through. But I had like a fire like ten feet from my house. It was just like a foot high, and I ran out the door and got my car and yeah. took off. And I was terrified. And um, but you, you're. It was like your your car was almost engulfed in flames or something. Yeah, and I shared that in my book because it just felt like Armageddon. Mm. Like I remember, you know, I am alive because I'm a morning person. Like I am a morning person. You know how they say early bird? Yeah. Early bird. Like I like to wake up early and have a productive day. By the time it's like 11 in the morning, I'm already done with a lot of my tasks. And most people are waking up and, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, with my half of my agenda is over, you know, but it's done. And so basically I remember the drive, which I share like, you know, I went the opposite way, which is towards the fire. And that's something that I, you know, like knowing that I made the wrong choice. One time there are flames near my car and and also it was pitch black. And yeah. I, I see it was black, but then on the right, so you see like the red. And and so I knew that I had made a mistake. I And so, but I had to work on my, you know, to feel secure even though it was not a secure environment so i i did work on you know deep breathing and some techniques that i share and also i had my little bunny with me she was like this small like four ounces and so she was um i was able to you know bunnies i don't know she's my bunny pet so she's not like like a wild bunny so i had her since she was like two weeks yeah. And so she, they really like they can feel human emotions and it affects them. So I had to work very hard not to to make sure I take care of this little bunny, you know, but, because they could have heart attacks. Oh, wow. so I, I know. So I use that responsibility of you know holding, petting my little bunny, and just you know letting her know she was gonna be okay. And I, I think I was pretty much talking to myself. But it helped me to calm down and we got through it. But I think that if I, I think that's why, like, I just got her like two weeks before. I think maybe that's why, like, I was supposed to have her because you get me through it. Because it was like, I had like an anxiety attack. So there were no police or firemen like directing, like, go down this road and do this? No, well, the thing is that 
I was actually surprised because in the morning, I don't live, I didn't live far from the, the fire station, but I didn't hear any activity. It, I thought it was an accident. So I was going on the, towards Santa Monica and then I wasn't moving, but I was going to a meeting, you know? So then I just turned around and then my neighbor said, oh, well, did you hear we've been evacuated three hours ago? And I'm like, really? Like, it was so like beautiful blue skies and there's no smell. I'm like, mm. what is going on? And then he says, well, there's a fire coming our way. And I was like, I immediately went into the house. And I mean, all this I explained in my book, you know, but um, eventually after escaping, I... I was able to go back maybe a few weeks after and everything was was gone. Mm. So, but I knew that I'd been through worse before. Like I, at least I had experience and knowledge and my, no, no one can take that away from me. No, it's right. amazing what you've been. I mean, do you ever look up and go, why me? I mean, one, one thing <laughs> after another, it would defeat. You're lucky also had bad things, but overall lucky. Really, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it was like, um, I, I guess it was very lucky because definitely in a second, the fire changed. Mm, yeah. I didn't think, you know, it was going to get to my place. I'm like, oh, what are the chances it's going to get to my place? So I just took my legal documents just in case. And I took a couple pairs of clothes, just like, you know, like, you know, not not even like, just regular clothes like to you know like to go to the gym I thought maybe like I will come back tomorrow <laughs> mm. I was still very like oh in denial yeah wow well, were any last where, where, yeah, where can people find your book at Amazon other places yes my book is at Barnes and Noble and Amazon mm. and then also in some bookstores in LA but those are the two places where you can just order it online and you won't have a problem is there anything else you want to, you know, projects you're currently doing you want to uh, mention or plug? Yes, uh, I have, you know, I did a Western this summer, Eye for Eye, and it's going to be out this year. And I play, it's my first Western mm. and it takes place in 1800s. We shot it in Montana. It was great. I really enjoyed the, you know, doing the 1800s yeah. style, you know, the period movie and and so, yeah, that's um, that's another project that is coming out. So, oh, excellent. Well, yeah. you're a inspiration. Uh, it's amazing what you've gone through and and how how well you've succeeded and and dealt and turned it into something positive. It's breaking all is your book, right? And certainly, certainly describes you. <laughs> what you've done very well so and also i just wanted to share with the with your um listeners that you know challenges make us stronger and not weaker you know so it's like every experience that you, we have you develop skills you no matter what the situation is but you develop new you know you're able to adapt that's a skill you're able to to get gain strength and determination so if you're experiencing a lot of stressors, just know that you're you're learning and you are building skills. And so that means that when you're faced with similar situations in the future, you're gonna have you're gonna be prepared. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Well, if they read your book, they will. I think yeah, they wow. should. I'm going. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for your time, and I'm looking forward to to um, another interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.